You're listening to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. If you're looking for some encouragement, words of hope, and maybe a laugh or two, that's exactly what Richard wants to share with you today. We know life can get pretty busy and complicated, so we're truly grateful you've chosen to take a break and listen to the program. Now, if you're not able to hang out with us for the entire program, you can always pick it back up at our website, richardellistalks.com. In fact, you can find all of Richard's talks right there waiting just for you, richardellistalks.com. So, with today's talk, here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is Be Safe. Turn to Psalm 91. I notice with people, whether it's your kids or people just saying goodbye along the way, you know, somebody's about to leave, say, hey, dude, be safe. I'll see you later. What exactly does that mean? What control do I have or do you have over someone else being safe? If they're a terrible driver, you can't fix that. Be safe. Your kids. One of my girls having a conversation the day, she starts describing being with some friends, and the first word out of her mouth was, you know, it was a really sketchy area. So the word sketchy for me doesn't mean they're in an arts district. It means it's not a good place. They are not where they should be or not the best places. So she went to describe it. And of course, my alarms go off. Rebecca's alarms go off. We're both sitting there and we probably overreacted a little bit, honestly, because she was with some good people. But we want people to be safe. If you really want your kids to be safe, you have to help them figure out how to get connected with God because he is the only one who can truly protect them. If you want your husband to be safe, You're going to have to pray that God will allow certain things to happen in his life that will drive him to the feet of Jesus so that he'll have conversations and figure out what it takes to be safe. Your wife, if you got trouble with her, you think, oh, it's all these men in the world. Let me tell you what, there are some jacked up women on the planet. And I hear stories about men. I hear stories about women. Heard a guy the other day. I was in a prison ministry deal, and I'll refer to this a little bit probably. The guy said, yeah, situation. And my wife started smoking crack. My wife started doing meth. It was boom, boom, all these things. Of course, that guy's in jail. Some things happen. But it can be a complete disaster. You say, well, how does that guy keep his wife safe when he's in prison? And she's just out there doing whatever. Now, I'm going to read you the verses, but let me just say it out loud first. There are connections. Your physical well-being is tied to your spiritual health. If you do not figure out how to connect with God, to commune with God, to communicate with God, to stay hooked up to God in a personal, intimate, daily way, you expose yourself unnecessarily to very unsafe stuff. And you say, well, shouldn't God protect me anyway? If you want to do a full thing, he will allow you to do a full thing because he's not going to override your will. The old man that discipled me said, Richard, God's not going to make you do anything, but he'll just make you wish you had. Because if you want to go do something stupid, he'll let you go do it. And then you get out there and you go, wow, how did all this happen? What am I doing here? I mentioned being in a prison the other day, going to this prison, one of the guys that I'm with, he's off doing his own thing, talking and talking about trying to be safe. When you clear security, you got nothing on you. You don't even have any ID. You give them your driver's license and they keep it and you clear the gates. And we're in a prison, an old helicopter training facility, army training facility, fenced up and You know, these inmates are coming and going, 2,500 of them, about 100 of us. And you're walking around and there's groups of, you know, gang 
little meetings going on out on the yard. You kind of don't mess with that. You go up in the dorms where they live. You can't go in their rooms. You know, you don't want to go to prison. So you get in there, and if you ever consider doing prison ministry, let me tell you something. You say, well, I don't have any warrants, and I'm cool. There's nothing that can happen to me. You might have some spiritual warrants out on you, and you get in there, you'll get your butt kicked. Because you're messing around going, oh, that'll be cool, that'll be fun. You have no idea what spiritually is going on. I had a guy that was from another church come up to me. The power went out. It never goes out in a prison. The power went out, so we couldn't do our program out in the yard. So this guy comes up and he says, I'm kind of getting a prompting that maybe we should walk around the yard and pray and just you know, ask God to do whatever. And he said, what do you think about that? And I said, well, I think that God has ways of sending angels, for instance. I believe they're here. I don't want to do this if they're not. You say, well, where are they? They're here. You say, well, that's a little spooky. Let me tell you something. Your reality better get spooky or you're in big trouble. If you don't have the good guys around you and with you, the Holy Spirit of God in you and the troops of God around you, you're going to be in trouble. And so how do I feel safe? How can I be safe walking into a prison, walking into that yard, and here they come by the hundreds out there? We could be, anything could happen to us. Because I am not there by myself. And greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. And you huddle up and you say, Father, whatever it takes to secure this place, however many angels that takes, then we're calling in the coordinates of this Mineral Wells prison yard and asking you to secure this area so that you can do what you want to do in the lives of these men. You say, well, you don't really believe that. You know what? What else are you going to do? Of course I believe that. You say, well, you can't prove it. Did you see any angels? No, but I'm standing here, right? Nothing happened to me in there. So while we're in this prison, Michael, a guy that I'm with, he's off doing a thing. He talks to a guy, his third day in, 50-something-year-old man. Starts talking to this guy, have a conversation about the Lord. Turns out he's a Christian. Then he says to this guy, you know, when you get out, come to this church. And he says, I write it down. You know, it's the name of the church, Reunion Church. And the guy goes, Richard? <laughs> and it turns out he sat right here and been to a men's group on a Saturday morning with us. And there he was. And so he's trying to do the right thing now. He made a mistake. You say, well, oh, he deserves to be in prison. Let me tell you something. Any of us are that close to being in prison. You say, well, that's not true. You just keep running the way you're running and see what happens. You run from God, he'll let you run into something that will get your attention, and sometimes that's prison. All right, let's read this. Psalm 91.1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He who dwells in the secret place. Now you say, well, where is that? You better figure that out. You better figure that out. This is finding out where a place, a time, a relationship where you tuck it in so close to God that if he had wings, he's described as having wings here, shall abide under the shadow, you'll see in a minute the wing thing, the shadow of the Almighty. Now, you can't even quantify this. You can't even get your head around it. But if you could get close enough to be in the shadow of the Almighty, you're right there by him. Who is going to mess with you? Who can get close to you? But see, then we start thinking, I'm good. I got my legs back under me. I got this. We say, you know what, Lord? I'll be right back. And something calls our name. Some distraction says, hey, dude, come check this out. Check this out. I'll be right back. 
And 15 years later, we come back and not in a good place. I'll be right back. Don't leave. How do you stay someplace? By staying someplace. The way to stay there is to not leave. If you go somewhere and stay there and you don't leave there, you're still there. But the deceitfulness, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, all these voices pull us out. You say, well, then can you be near God? Can you be in the world, not of the world, all this? Absolutely. So you have to figure out what this protection is, what this is. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. What is a refuge and a fortress? It's a place you run for safety. Where are you running for safety? If it's not to him, you are not safe. Well, I bought me a big house and I run to my big house and I'm safe in your big house. You're not safe in your big house. Or I got me some addiction. I got me some drug. I got, that's where I'm safe. That's where I know I'm the man. I got game. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Now he's going to list some things. You make him the place that you hide and abide. These are some of the benefits. Deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Someone's out there trying to steal, kill, destroy, entrap you, trick you, con you, deceive you. That's the devil's game. He is a liar. He's the father of lies. He's it. And it's all a game. It's all moving the coconuts around and tricking you and taking you. It's a big con. And if you want to stop getting tricked and caught up in these things, you've got to stick close to God where you're safe and where he says, no, don't go there. Don't do that. Where you hear his voice. And you don't get so far out there, you don't hear it, you don't care to hear it, you're just doing what you want to do. You say, yeah, but I'm having fun. Let me tell you something. It's not going to be fun when it stops being fun. And what starts out fun ends up catastrophic. You say, well, I've found a sin without consequence. No, you haven't. He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. You walk with God, you even get protected from pestilence. Perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wing you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Look at that one. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Protection. You've got to find out what the truth is. The only way you're going to know the truth is to read the scriptures. This is the truth. Jesus is the truth. Never do anything without God's permission. Just don't do it. Don't marry someone without his permission. Don't go anywhere. Don't do anything. You say, well, you just be praying all without ceasing. Exactly. So, no, I'm smart. I don't need to pray about this. And then you end up in a heap again. You know, well, how did this happen again? Stop the madness. Be safe. Now, does this mean if you completely trust God that nothing ever will happen to you bad? No, God can still allow things to happen to you, but when they happen to you, you may not as readily jump out going, oh my gosh, God, why did you do that? You may still have the question, but you know if you've been walking and talking with him that he has allowed something in your life for a reason and you've probably not brought it on yourself again. And if you have brought it on yourself, unknowingly, something you've missed, then you say, Lord, even if it's that, show me a blind spot and show me how to keep moving where this doesn't happen again. And stay as safe as you can. Keep reading. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. 
A lot of soldiers end up reading Psalm 91.1. Do you say, do you think this can protect a soldier in battle? Absolutely. I actually believe this stuff. You say, does that mean that a soldier who dies that is a Christian, there's sin in his life or something? I don't know about all that, but I'm going to tell you something. If you're going into battle, you put your gear on spiritually and physically. You do everything you can, and then you march into battle, and you say, Father, whatever happens to me today, I'm suiting up. I'm suiting in. I'm suiting up. I have spoken with you. This is what you've called me to do. This is my place. This is my time. I will do whatever you told me to do. But I am asking for protection in Jesus' name. I'm asking for angels to protect me. I'm asking for the arrows not to hit me. You say, well, who prays that? Any soldier with a brain prays that. If he can figure out and even take a shot at it. Unless he's suicidal or just nuts. Because you know you can be killed. You say, yeah, well, that's in war. What do you think it is every day of your life when you wake up and leave your house? It's war. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's not what you can see. It's spiritual. It's principalities and powers. It's war. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are spiritual. So you have to realize this and realize there's a real enemy after you. He's after your home. He's after your kids, your grandkids, everything you've got. And they don't take vacation. They don't quit. They don't let up. So you say, well, how am I going to live in this world? You get as close to God as you possibly know how, and you stay there. You stay there. Keep reading. Look at this. Go back and read verse 5. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall right next to you at your side. And 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. I want some of that. Was that available to everybody? Absolutely. Who gets it? Whoever gets this. Now, does that mean you can be a soldier, a godly man or woman, go into battle and be killed? Absolutely. And God allows that. But I'm telling you, there is a recipe for safety here if you'll give it a shot and stop just going out there in your drawers into battle. Look, he keeps saying here, a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. You say, well, this is crazy. It's not even possible. It's in the Bible angel of death comes over the Passover they put the blood of the lamb out on the outside of the doorpost every firstborn dies no firstborn die in those houses you need to get you some blood of the lamb on your doorpost you say well I think that's stupid I'm not doing that and then people start dying and stuff starts happening and then you don't think it's so stupid anymore and then you pay attention you say well why does God let bad things happen to people to get our attention and to get us to go home to the safe house there are some places I just don't go you say, well, why wouldn't you go there? I get a check inside of me that says, don't go there. There's some people I don't want to be around. You say, well, you're being mean. No, I'm not going to be safe there. I know the Holy Spirit sends us places, and there's some places he says, stay. And you have to figure this stuff out. 
You can't run your whole life on your feelings and pleasure and emotion. You have to be connected to God in such a way that you have a system, a spiritual connection that when you see some man, some woman, some situation, some investment, some opportunity that God himself speaks to you in such a personal way that everything says go and when he says stop, you say yes sir and you shut it down. Instead of going, well, maybe, you know, we'll see what happens. If God has said no, I can tell you what's going to happen. Nothing good. So you get in that hiding place. You get in that secret place. Matthew chapter 6 talks about this. Go into the secret place. Figure out where the secret place is, where you talk with God. And you say, God, you have got to help me. I talked to prisoners in that prison the last couple of days. Guys who, when the lights go out at night, you want to talk about needing protection? How can you lay in a room in a prison and it goes dark and stuff starts happening and you'll be safe? You better figure it out, right? Keep reading. No evil, verse 10, no evil shall befall you, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Okay, hold that spot in your Bible and turn over to one of the places this is mentioned is in Matthew chapter four. Go over there. Now, I'm gonna read you this as an example of don't tempt God. Don't mess with God. Don't jerk a verse out of the Bible and try to make it work because the devil pulled that stunt on Jesus himself. Matthew chapter four, verse one, then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you're the son of God, not since, if you're the son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, quoting God's word back to God. God, Jesus, God and a man on the pinnacle of the temple says, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, you'll be fine. He shall give his angels charge over you and in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. So the devil comes along and says, hey, dude, jump. Because look what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say do a fool thing. I talked to a friend the other day. He's on a hunting trip. Said he was walking along and stepped on a crazy poisonous snake. Stepped right on the snake. And the snake didn't bite him. They killed it and he survived. You go, wow, that's crazy. How did that happen? I think it's stuff straight out of the Bible. Now, if he looks up and goes, ah, a poisonous snake, I will challenge my devotional time <laughs> because the Bible says, boom, bite, he's dead. So don't be an idiot. And if you're really walking and talking with God in the first place, you're not going to be led to do some unwise thing like that. That's crazy stuff. Okay, look at this. I'm almost done with this verse. So the devil hits Jesus with scripture and Jesus quotes scripture back and doesn't jump. Back to Psalm 91, verse 11. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. That's a fact. I believe when I have a relationship with God, I never go anywhere by myself. And in the spiritual world, the enemy looks up and sees heat. And they say, oh, I believe we'll pass. 
And so you get in a situation and go, well, why didn't that bad thing happen? What went down there? And you get to heaven and God go, you remember that day? Say, yeah, well, that's what was going on. You dwelt with me and I told you I'd back you up. So if everywhere I go, I got these guys, there are a lot of people not going to mess with me, right? Because when you mess with me, you mess with us. A few more verses. He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Now, if you actually believe the Bible, your life's going to be different. If this stuff is true, you leave the house a completely different way. I am safe. I not only have God in me as a Christian, I have angelic protection around me. I am going to be okay today. And if something goes wrong, either I made a mistake or God allowed something. And if I die today, it's of his doing and I'm out of here and that's even better. But you are way safer than you realize if you'll just do what the scripture says. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. Look what God's saying here. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. And this is the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's not just with you in trouble, it's in you in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. I am interested in that. Now, I think it should make sense to any and everybody, but I also understand there are people that you're just not done, right? You're here, you're listening, you're out there somewhere, you're listening, you go, yeah, well, maybe that's all true, but I got this one. I'm safe. I got my own protection. I'm smart. I can handle this situation. And God goes, okay. Part of his mercy is that it is his kindness, it is his gentleness that leads us to repentance. And he lets us go make these crazy decisions to get into trouble. So we'll come running home. Back to the prison deal. I'm leaving. And some guys that I'd spoken with, I said, when do you get out? What's the short way? They tell you something. One guy says, I'm getting out next Wednesday. And I said, there's a church that'll take you in. See, I'm vouching for you. There's a place that you will be safe. Some people that will love you even if you just got out of prison. And we'll help you get back up on your feet. Now, he's gotta make a decision when he gets out. If he has nowhere else to go, I can't make him come here. But if this is his option and he doesn't take advantage of that, that's on him. Because I believe you would take him in. And I do believe you would love him. And you would help him and not judge him and this would be a place that he would be safe. We'll get back to Richard in a moment to close out today's talk. But first, I want to share something about our program. Our mission is actually very simple, to take the planet. So it's our prayer that these daily talks from Richard aren't something you only hear and enjoy, but that they inspire you to share with others. Together, we can do this. The message of the gospel is something everyone needs to hear, and that's why it's such a priority to us. So join us in this important mission. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD to say you're in. Or you can get on board with us through our website, richardellistalks.com. Well, here's Richard with some closing thoughts for us. All right, Lord, I thank you for your word. I got other verses I could read, Lord, but I don't think that's going to help today. The people that get it, Lord, already, just help them stay tucked in there next to you in the secret place and stay connected every day, every minute of the day. Help us walk and talk with you, Lord. 
to remember that he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, and that there is refuge, there is a fortress, a mighty fortress, and he is our God. Father, for anybody who doesn't know you and feels like they are completely exposed, they really have nowhere to run, they have nowhere to hide, there is no safe place, there is not a location on this planet where they can go and feel safe anymore. They feel completely exposed. And today, they would choose to run to you for safety and reach out, as it were, the hands of their heart and say, God, I can't live this way anymore. I am a sinner. I just can't do it, Lord. You might as well take me out because I can't live scared anymore. I can't live with the consequences of my choices like this anymore. I am a sinner. I need forgiveness. I need you to clean up my past. Give me hope today and for the future and a promise of not just abundant life here, a changed life here, but eternal life with you in heaven. I see now, I don't know why I never got this before or didn't do something about it if I got it, but I put my trust in Jesus today. I believe that he died on that cross, was buried and raised from the dead to give me eternal and abundant life. I am in and I want him in me. Thank you for loving me, for saving me, for rescuing me, for coming after me and giving me the faith and the desire to come after you and to accept what you're offering me. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in today to Richard Ellis Talks. With the busy schedule everyone has these days, it means the world to us that you would take this time to listen. Let us know how it has touched your heart by calling us at 855-6-RICHARD. You can also connect with us at our website, richardellistalks.com. One last thing, Richard Ellis Talks is a daily program, but also has daily costs. And being a listener-supported program means we rely on the financial partnership of our listeners, which means you. Maybe you've given to this ministry before or have waited for the right time. Well, we believe that these talks with Richard are making a difference in your life. So this is how you can make a difference to ours. You can contribute by giving us a call at 855-6-RICHARD or at our website, richardellistalks.com. Thank you for your very generous gifts. It truly means so much to us. God bless and thanks for listening to Richard Ellis Talks.